Hi everybody, and welcome back to Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. Um, and I'm Adam. And what is this week? 10, 11, 12 is of Chris month. It feels like there's no end in sight. But uh, we're um, here. Honestly, it feels like we've just been watching the same movie over and over again. Um, like, I mean, I I think there's a clear ranking here of like quality, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I, like I, I don't. Wanna... I mean, they're all like like 2006, 2007. Uh, what was Christmas with the Cranks? Oh, 2007? Oh, four. Okay, yeah. well, they all have the same vibe, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, they all do have the same vibe. Um. So we're doing unaccompanied minors. And I do want to rectify a little something before we get going. Uh, last week, we teased a certain movie this week. Uh, we said that Kira had trauma with this week's movie. Uh, we decided unaccompanied minors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do want to clarify that. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know why. I think it, this is my week, I guess. Um, it's hard to keep track anymore. It's because we're doing like a like a series right now. Um, but I just like kind of pitched Kira. I was like, Hey, would you rather do this movie? Cause I, I, for, I swear I wanted to do this movie for two years on the pod. And mm-hmm. um, the movie we were going to cover, I like, I do want to do it at some point, but I had like more of an urge to rewatch this. Um, and I'm glad that we did uh, because, and not because I'm like here to preach about it being like some secret masterpiece or anything. But I do think, in the grand scheme of things, upon rewatch, it's like a very like high tier millennial movie. Like it is like through and through has like so often we talk about movies that here and there have tropes, but like this movie is so like riddled with tropes of like things that we constantly talk about that I cannot think of a more appropriate millennial movie this yeah um Um, i mean it even like stars zillennial um resident famous zillennial quinn shepherd who literally like said the word zillennial in her latest film not okay right oh yeah i forgot she did Um, (laughs) within the first five minutes Um, good movie by the way um but uh, yeah, no, this is um, very, very zillennial because I, down to like, you know, we joke about in the last few weeks about like um, ads on Nickelodeon about like, you know, it has the same like soundtrack and the same jokes that are repeated over and over. Um, you can you can also test a movie's zillennial cultural like significance about whether or not uh, you heard a line from this movie uh, on the playground at school. And yeah, I heard that's going to hurt when I pee like a billion times when I was a kid. Um, There's just so much to this movie that I, the funniest thing about this movie and my memories with it is that I, (laughs) I saw it in theaters after Christmas. Yeah. Um, I, cause I remember it came out like early December in 06 and I went to go see it at my local dollar theater in like February so I was just seeing a Christmas movie in February for no fucking reason. And 
Um, I remember me and my um, older brother who took me, he did not want to see this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, at all, to any capacity. And I don't remember if he liked it or not. I don't even think he, like, told me. But I, like, Mm -hmm. begged. And so we went to the Dollar Theater, like, on a Tuesday night. I remember it was, like, us and, like, maybe a few others. And, um... I don't know. I I remember liking it a lot when I was a kid. I remember so much that like my mom bought the DVD like the following Christmas. And I've definitely seen it a few times. Like it's a movie that like as you're rewatching it, you're like, oh, I remember this like quite a bit. Because mm-hmm. uh, you remember how like every plot resolves. You remember the jokes right before they happen. Um, so I don't know. Like it's not a, not to the Christmas with the crank extent like we were talking about a few weeks ago where I feel like that is a movie I've seen like at least 10 times, but this is a movie that I like remember fairly well. And I like, I have fond memories with it. Yeah. I have definitely seen this before. I don't remember where or when, um, probably like on Nickelodeon or something. Um, I definitely like rewatching it remembered a lot more than I thought I did mm-hmm. but also like anything that happened like surprised me if that makes sense I, I think I know what you mean yeah <laughs> like it's like I remember specific scenes but I did not remember the plot in any well I mean the plot is very simple but you yeah. know yeah uh, it's like yeah. it's a it's a movie with kids that takes place in an airport. Of course, they're gonna go down the luggage thing like a slide. Like, of <laughs> course, they're gonna go into the back room and run around and steal yeah. one of those carts and drive around. Like, yeah. Of course, they're gonna like go into like the gift shops and like cut or like one of them's gonna like order food they can't pay for. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Of course, one of them is gonna kick somebody in the balls. Like, <laughs> multiple times. It's gonna be like a yeah. reoccurring gag. Yeah. Um, no, this is all what I'm talking about when I say it's, like, very millennial core, because, like, I feel like all of these tropes are, like, very prevalent in the movies we talk about, like, one or two of them, but this movie is, like, like, literally, like, made to be talked about on this podcast, because it is so, like, Nickelodeon 2006 core to its, like, to its core, that it's, like, hard to, like, (laughs) I don't know, like, I'll, okay, I'll just say it. I like this movie. I, I like, even upon rewatch, I think it's charming. And I think there's something about it that does feel a little comforting. And I, yeah, like, the found family trope is, like, very dated. And it's it doesn't always work. And I don't even know if it completely works here. But there's something about this movie that, even when I was little, I, like, really enjoyed it. And even, like, watching as an adult, like, it, it's funny enough. Like, it's it moves at a decent enough pace. It's under 90 minutes. It just has too many boxes that it checks. Like, for all that it does wrong, I'm just entertained by it every time I watch it. And I think it actually yeah. holds up decently well for, for what it is, for in the context of what it is. I don't think it's a classic or anything. But um, I don't know. I think it's a pretty decent movie for kids. Yeah, it's definitely not bad. Um, <laughs> <What? That's true. laughs> uh, like I don't know it's uh, so it's based on an NPR story 
like from this American life, which I feel like I knew like always and I just always forget. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm definitely curious to like listen to the NPR story. Um also one thing that I was thinking is not to bring up 9/11 but these kids are <laughs> threats to national security. <laughs> and then I looked and the original story came out before 9/11. Like this um, is a true story that happened in the beginning of 2001 or like before like it it aired on NPR in the beginning of 2001. Well, so, like all great zillennial movies based off true stories it takes a lot of liberties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah um but um yeah it's it's very funny and i think that the thing about the movie i feel like i put it in the same like area of my brain as like big fat liar and like just like the general idea of like running around in a place after hours or whatever or like the idea of like when you're little it's like I want to be, like, in my school at night and, like, run around. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, when yeah. there's just, like, so much stuff there. Like, when they're, like, running through, like, the luggage room and, like, digging through all the suitcases and stuff. It's, like, the same thing as, like, the prop warehouse and Big Fat Liar. It's, like, you just want to, like, be in a place unsupervised and, like, look through everything in a space. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, actually, because, um, again, another thing that we talk about in the pod quite often is, like, wish fulfillment in movies. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's a great point, because I didn't even really think about it like that, but I guess, like, even as a kid, I thought, like, airports were, like, cool places that I wish we could have spent more time in, but you're always, like, when you're at an airport, you're either, like, leaving or boarding, like, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you want it, you're, like, in a rush. Whether or not you actually get to your point of destination quickly is another question. But it's never a place as a kid that I was able to, like, roam by free will, you know? And I feel like that is a very easy mark for kids, especially the ones, like, watching this movie that are like, oh, shit, that's awesome. I would also do this. And it's, like, Mm -hmm. a very easy, like, it's such an easy setup for a movie, um, you know? And it's also a great way to do that, like, found family trope, too. Because you have, like, very, like, built in, Mm -hmm. like, why all these characters are there and all makes sense. You know, there's really not a lot of, like, I don't know. Like, you don't have, it doesn't ask a lot of you as a viewer. Like, I mean, there's sure, like, a little bit of, like, a, are the adults really this fucking stupid? But, like, <laughs> of course there is. But, like, in the context of what this movie is, there's nothing, like, wildly out of the ordinary, for the most part, mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, that would, like, never happen. Or that's annoying, because the like, kids don't act like that. Like, all the kids in this movie... They're, like, appropriately annoying. Like, if that makes sense. Like, they're annoying in the way kids naturally are. But yeah. they but they don't present them as, like, mischievous assholes either. They just mm-hmm. are kind of, like, they're just kids. I don't know. Like, and I kind of admire that. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, speaking of the kids, uh-huh. there's a lot to break down with this cast. Yeah. Um, we already talked about Quinn Shepard. Um, mm-hmm. Very talented just in general, um, very good in the movie. Really, really cool. Yeah, very good. Um, the big one is we Taylor. we gotta get her on the pod. Like, can we? Do you know her? I don't really. I don't have a I've, connection. I've talked to her before a few times, like through like DMs and like 
at film fest like at a film festival but like mm-hmm. i feel like it would be like not difficult because she literally used the word zillennial in her most recent screenplay um, i feel like it'd be easy to dm her and like mm-hmm. get her on the pod do it yeah quinn shepherd's really good in the movie i'm not just saying that she's like really good I th- i'd say like but i think every kid in the movie is like pretty good um Tyler James Williams obviously is probably the most notable from the cast in terms of like how well known he is now. Um, I, I mean, I loved everybody hates Chris growing up. Um, yeah, I know he was on some, yeah, I know he was on Disney channel a bit in the 2010s, but I think that was a little after my time. Um, Mm -hmm. and then he was on the walking dead back when I still watched it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I remember all that, uh, but m- more recently he's on Abbott Elementary, which um, oh. is a f- fantastic show. Um, like both seasons I so far. I wanted to start it. You would love it. It's delightful. Yeah, I'm sure. yeah. It's, a, it's it's a really great show, and he's he basically plays like Jim from The Office in it, but he's like mm-hmm. he's great. He's really good. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy watching it this movie now and like thinking about seeing this character you see weekly on Abbott and he's like a full grown adult yeah. playing a teacher in that show and like then you see him as a kid and you're like and he wow. doesn't really feel like a child actor in this because like I feel like when you think of child actors it's like they're kind of like annoying or it's like a bit role or whatever like yeah. he's genuinely like a comedian in this role like he's very good yeah yeah he's um because what this was filmed in like probably oh five yeah if i had to guess um he was 13 when they filmed this yeah and he's uh he's quite good in the movie he has a lot of like genuine charisma uh-huh. and it's very infectious i would say out of the entire cast he's like easily the most likable kid because he's very like eccentric and like kind of like i'd say out of all the characters you don't really know like what his deal is <laughs> Yeah, like, I would say, like, out of all the characters, he has the most potential to annoy you, but he never does. Like, he's one of those characters, he, like, treads the line of, like, being, like, too much and, like, endearing at the same time, and he Uh, never goes too much. He's, like, always, it's just always kind of cute the way he, like, does things. And I, I think, um, I don't know when Everybody Hates Chris started, um, Mm -hmm. and I very well could be, like, talking, I don't know how many Zillennials watched that show growing up, um, but that's a good show that I always watch in syndication, like on TBS yeah. or something. I never um, really watched it, but I had friends who watched it. So I just like connected it to like Zillennial. Yeah. So, I mean, like between this and that and, uh, you know, all that, everything he did, like I, he's a pretty significant like Zillennial king, I think, mm-hmm. even though he, he himself is a millennial. Like I would say he's he's done enough to prove it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, no, he he's cool. Yeah, it's funny, too, because his character, like I said, like, you don't really know his deal. It's, like, mm-hmm. he just, like, randomly will, like, reveal information. So he, like, passes out whenever he sees Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like, funny. randomly he reveals, like, halfway through that he's, like, a cassette collector or something. Like, a like a eight-track tape collector. And he's like, yeah. I have the biggest collection in all of Massachusetts or something. And it, it's just really funny how he's just like, literally anything could be true about this kid. Yeah, And literally. I feel like that's like what it's like, like meeting 
other kids when you're like on vacation or whatever. It's like anything could be true about this kid. <laughs> I'm um, like, I'm I'm begging uh, what's her name that directed After Sun, uh, Charlotte Wells, to do a remake. A lot of company minors. A lot of company minors. <laughs> but it's just like all the kids that are like at the bar that give um, <laughs> like the little girl like the yeah like the drink wristband and stuff. <laughs> wow. Talk um, about an unaccompanied minor. That would be my headline for um, <laughs> my review of After Sun. Um. I will say, uh, there, I cannot put a name to the girl, the, uh, the main girl, not the, not the little sister, but the love like interest the for the main character. Like the dorky girl, yeah. Yeah, I can't put a name, like, I, it's not the actress specifically, but I feel like she was constantly, like, she kept reminding me of a, another actress, of, like, a very millennial core actress, but I could not put a name or a face to it but like she constantly reminded me of somebody um uh she kind of reminded me of sorry spoiler spoiler alert for a movie that's almost a year old um the girl from once upon a time in hollywood that was in that was like the killer in scream the new Scream. oh kind of yeah i see what you're saying i feel like that's like a genre of like of like actress that they try and like serve to us like her and like Aubrey Plaza and like you know you know what I mean (laughs) yeah yeah um no yeah I guess that's a good comparison this is the look like yeah um but maybe it's just because like I watched like all of White Lotus in like one sitting but I'm just like everybody reminds me of Aubrey Plaza right now um but one actor in this movie that I absolutely do know who I thought this person was, uh, the lead, Dylan Christopher. How yes. is he not Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. That's so funny. I went through so much of my life thinking, <laughs> thinking that, that it was Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> in fact, I like in multiple conversations as like a youth, I would be like, well, Jesse Eisenberg was in that movie. And like, you know, I was like <laughs> spilling fake like... news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this man, this child at the time, but now man, has <laughs> not been in a movie, I don't think, and since yeah. like 2006. I think this might have been his last movie. Um, yeah. He, uh, he's, I think he, he's serviceable. I think he's like, maybe, the, like the, as per usual with these movies, the lead is like the least interesting character. Yeah. Uh, he's like fine. He, you got to design it like that where like the straight, like, kind of dorky kid is like the lead and he's the one has to be kind of convinced to do things and like you know it, it's a very typical role and he's by all means fine in it. He, it's just he's not as quite as impressive as like tyler james williams or quinn shepherd you know like yeah. um but um i don't know and then also the other kid brett kelly which i think is that the kid from bad santa i can't remember um, I recognize him as he is the child from Trick or Treat that is eating the candy bar. Only because, like, I recently watched Trick or Treat for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was like, this kid looks really familiar. And then I looked up his filmography and I was like, oh, yeah, he's like that scene when he's like sitting on the stoop eating like the candy bar that has like the razor blade in it. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, he's the kid from Bad Santa. That's what I know him from. Um, mm-hmm. Also, this is for Trues and Leals, like Mike Two Streetball. Um, <laughs> I do remember him from that. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I. I, I mean, I knew he looked like that kid, but I wasn't sure if he was that kid. Because that's also another, like, yeah. genre of kid. Um, like, like curly hair. Yeah, curly hair, like a bigger guy, but, like, he's quiet. Like, that's always a running joke is, like, the kid yeah. that other kids think are scary is, like, mute. Or, like, not mute, but, like, actually, but, like, by choice or something. Yeah. And then, like, halfway through the movie, they talk, and then the other kids are like, you can talk? Yeah. And then he has, like, a very, like, unassuming Definitely voice. a trope. Definitely a trope. I like um I like the superhero obsession of him. It's cute. It's very sweet. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of like Sheen. Yeah, like, he has uh, like a very um almost like gentle giant kind of like approach to him. Because like even like that flashback scene where like Rob Cordry, who plays like not Rob Cordry, is it Rob Riggle? No, who who plays his dad? Oh no, it's um the guy from Anchorman. Uh <laughs> Uh, David, uh, I just want to. I'm just waiting for you to like. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, there's so many like. Yourself through it. There's so there's many, a lot like, of people in this movie, like randomly. Yeah, there's so many fucking comedians in this movie that you're like, I yeah. lost track of who played who, but yeah, there's like a flashback where he's like trying to like, like teach him to like man up a little bit, and like, yeah. It's it's like in I do kind of like that like angle to this movie that like all the parents or they all have like weird relationships with their parents or like yeah. wherever they're going home to and that adds like another layer to like why this mm-hmm. is like good for them and like why they like immediately feel like bonded to these other kids. Yeah. Um, again, it's an easy mark, but I I don't really care. Like I I think it works. Like it, yeah. <laughs> in the context of this kind of movie, I think it's it's nice and sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, what I was saying about, like, that there's a lot of people in this movie, like, am I remembering correctly that BJ Novak and Mindy Kaling are both in this movie separately in different scenes? Yeah, right? They're. Mindy Kaling who? BJ Novak? Oh, BJ Novak, yeah. BJ Novak yeah. plays, um, who does he play? Like, they're, they're two different. I mean, like, obviously, they're two different people, but they're, like, both. <laughs> no, they are the same person. Um, they're, like, employees of, like, the airport. But who did BJ play again? I guess I forgot. Um, like, I know that he's at the airport, but what does he do again? He's just, like, some guy at a desk or something. Okay, then. Oh, yeah, right. Like, towards the beginning, right? Yeah. Um, right, okay. But Mindy's scene is more memorable because, like, it's that entire... Um, it's a mozzarella sticks thing. Yeah, and that's such a trope of, like, kid ordering food he can't pay for. And then, like, dashing away. Like, um... I... <laughs> Honestly, I'd do anything for mozzarella sticks. I yeah, this kid. movie made me want some mozzarella sticks. Literally. Um, yeah, it was, um... I, I love that joke where she's like she's just like ordering everything and then like she like looks mm-hmm. down after he leaves and she's like he didn't even eat the mozzarella sticks um <laughs> he like came up with like a whole like sob story about like not being able to eat mozzarella sticks as a kid and like yeah what's <laughs> <laughs> so yeah she was like um my mom never let me eat mozzarella sticks and she, he's like me, mine either put that down too um it's funny <laughs> 
yeah. also another aspect of this movie we haven't talked about yet directed by paul feig yeah i did not know that um i think it's something that i found out at some point in my life and i forgot and then yeah. i was reminded again during the credits um <laughs> it's just kind of like put it at some part in your brain that you like don't need yeah, I mean, I haven't seen his first movie, which is apparently called I Am David. I have no reason to believe this movie exists. Um, <laughs> but to me, this is his first movie. Um, mm-hmm. Which and, solid. Yeah, and I think um, it makes sense. Like, it's kind of like a... If, I don't want to say it's improv I have no reason to know if it's improv. But it does feel like equally Apatow, improv esque like his other movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it... Uh, his movies, in, it makes sense because he has a very big Freaks and Geeks background. Um, so yeah. it makes sense that he kind of feels like Apatow to an extent. Um, but I think all of his movies kind of have that vibe to them. Um, so except what you're for... saying is what? that this movie is for silly gooses. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I have not seen his latest movie, which I do not believe he directed. The School for Good and Evil. Um, but it's a Netflix like YA movie with like Michelle Yeoh and um, Jesus, um, Lawrence Fishburne, and I don't know who else. But is Kate uh, Blanchett in it? No, yeah, Kate Blanchett isn't it. Oh, I thought I was making that up. Yeah, Kate Blanchett, Charlie's Theron, Lydia Tarr, yeah, Lydia Tarr out of cancellation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean, also. I guess we're just going to keep talking about, like, the cast. Because like, I, I feel like we do a whole pod just talking about the cast in this movie. Um, the mm-hmm. adults in this movie. Like, there's so many adults. Um, like, uh, just to go down the list, Louis Black plays mm-hmm. the, um, I don't know, like, the, the guy at the airport. Yeah, that which bitch. Is that bitch. Um, which is another very... Yeah, he has a very zillennial trope in this, which is, like, adult doesn't get to go to Hawaii so like mad <laughs> you know yeah. um he i think he actually has a pretty good arc in this movie i like what he goes through and like i mean i think like that moment at the end where he's like you know i'm just doing my job right like i think that's like a little bit like i don't know but i do overall like like the note that the movie ends off with him of like kind of like seeing them for just like trying to like do a good thing and like have fun on Christmas. Yeah. And like him also like I don't know, I like I like the moment when he gets the gift from the main kid. Like I think that's a good like movie moment. Yeah. Um and I think he's like funny in the movie. Like he has like a lot of like one liners that I again I can't tell if it's improv or if it's like in the script. It could mm-hmm. really be either or. But he he like he's genuinely very funny in the movie. Um so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I like it. I like him. It felt very zillennial in the way of like, I'll get you for this, you meddling kids. <laughs> and then just like, like a bunch of like guys like chasing the kids and he's like, go after them. And then they're just like tripping and falling <laughs> and like flipping over their own feet. Although unlike Fred Claus last week, there's no like Looney Tunes sound effects. This I time. wish there the only time there was, and it actually made me laugh a little, was when um, the kid, um, actually, I didn't realize this. His name is literally Beef. I mean, like, it's not literally Beef. Uh, the character's name. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like his nickname is Beef Wallington. Um, <laughs> he like he like tumbles into the snow and then he like sits up and he like shakes his like curly hair. Like he like shakes like the snow out of his hair mm-hmm. and like the curls kind of like spring out and it's like, <laughs> like it's like a little like noise <laughs> and actually made me laugh. But that's the only time that there was like cartoonish like sound effects in it. it that's very funny. funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I honestly, I think this movie may have actually benefited from the Looney Tunes sound effects in hindsight. Um, <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I don't know. This movie is like very cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Um, just in like its being, I think it's like a movie that's very, it, it naturally has to be cartoonish because it's about adult, like you said, it's like about adults like, chasing children around an airport. Yeah. Like, there's no way to, like, do this movie and not paint the adults, like, incompetent idiot- idiots. Yeah. Like, all yeah. the security guards, like, I think the main one's Rob Riggle, and, like, all the others, I don't know if they're famous comedians, I don't know. But, like, like, all the other, like, they're all stupid. Like, they are just, they're like, bumbling before. fools. Yeah, and, like, again, though, there's no other way to do this movie. You cannot do yeah. it realistically. You will have no movie if these guys were good at their jobs and (laughs) (laughs) like the entire you're you're absolutely right the entire reason the kids break out of the interrogation room at the end is because rob riggle is playing with a slinky like there is nothing here (laughs) that is you know i was thinking what in the beginning of the movie and like I guess, like, halfway through also, it's, like, why were they, like, holding these kids, like, on the set of the black phone? Like, that's, like, <laughs> what it looks like. It's it exactly so like the room from the black phone. That's another... You're talking about the first room, right? Like, when all the kids are in Yeah, there. like, the holding yeah. cell or whatever. Yeah. yeah, which is, like, so funny because, again, that's a very zillennial scene, too, is, like... Kids, kids like, like beating the shit out of each other and screaming having a burping match um yeah the rich kids I think... are like playing a game of poker and then like the little sister yeah. embarrasses the main kid in front of the rich girl all zillennial all something so zillennial. very zillennial in that scene is like there was one where like there was like one like kid that like flipped their eyelids inside out and that was yes like, the breaking point for like the characters to be like no we're not we're leaving that was like that was like the last shot of like like it was like shots around like the room and then that was the last shot and then they were like no yeah yeah (laughs) because same that's that was like my least favorite thing as a child is when people would pull shit like that like it's so scary for no reason um i no, i it's so funny because like that also like very much encapsulates just like that's what it was fucking like. Like if you're, if like even like a school assembly, like that's what it's like to like walk into like a bunch of like kids that age. Some kid is literally just flipping their eyelids inside out. Like yeah, just like for no fucking reason. It's and for some yeah. reason it's like something you always witness. Like yeah. and you're like fuck. Like and you I don't, don't want to see. That. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like I think it's very funny the way that it, entire thing plays out because. And another thing, like, with Tyler James Williams' character is, like, I love how, like, he is, like, reluctantly thrown into it because he has to pee. Like, that's the entire plot motivation is him having to pee. So that's why he's always the kid that, like, obeys the rules. And, like, even Lewis Black's character, like, makes a point of it. He's like, you're my most frequent unaccompanied minor flyer. I'm Uh disappointed in you. Um, (laughs) And then, like, I think he asked about, like, a voucher or something or if his, like, points are going to expire. 
Um, it's so like, I don't know. I think it, it's just really funny. Um, I, uh, I like the bit where they're all like scattered through the airport before they like band together. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's all funny. When they all go off and do their own things. Yeah, they do their side quest for a bit. Um, yeah. Like he he orders all the food. Tyler James Williams like just goes to like some fucking he just like it's fucks like with a sharper him. image. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of what to call it. Um, yeah, just doing karaoke in the middle of it. Um, yeah. it it's all funny. Like it, it all works. And again, a great plot device of just banding them together for like mm-hmm. a unified reason. Um, it's very cheap, but I think it it works in this movie. We're just going to really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Hello, friends. Do you love movies? Do you just spend your days thinking about how much you love to watch them? The good ones, and even the bad ones everyone told you not to like. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the cinematic achievement that is the 2001 classic Josie and the Pussycats, to comfy sweatshirts that serve as a call to arms for all those in support of making Judy Greer America's lead. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. As a special treat to our listeners, we have a discount code. In all caps, enter SUPERZILLENNIAL at checkout for 10% off. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies, guys. Something that is very funny in, like, Zillennial, like, I can't remember if I brought this up in the other episodes, Mm -hmm. but, like, 2000s Christmas songs that have, like, guitar riffs and are trying to be, like, epic. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what this whole, like, soundtrack was. Like, it was, like, S-A-N-T-A, Santa, Santa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very funny. And that's the song they play in the Nickelodeon commercials, like, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, that, um, again, that, and that's what, it fucking worked on me. That's why I wanted to see this movie in fucking February mm-hmm. of, like, 2007, <laughs> because, like, my brother was yeah. like, why are we seeing this? It's not even yeah. Christmas time. And I'm like, I want to see it. Like, and. Yeah. <laughs> You've been seeing the commercials for months. Like, I was like, there will be blood? No. Unaccompanied minors? Yes. Like. That's that is I... insane. When you put it into that perspective, that that was like on the same timeline. It, I think I'm actually a little bit early because I think There Will Be Blood came out later in 2007. But yeah, I distinctly but remember when I saw this movie. I could be wrong about this, but I don't think I am. I remember, I because I saw it at the Dollar Theater, in my mm-hmm. hometown. So I, I was. It was in the very first theater when you walked in, and the theater yeah. next to it was playing Mel Gibson's Apocalypto. And um, 
I remember like just being scared by that poster and I like covered my eyes when I was like walking past it. I was like, I'm yeah. just going to go straight down a company of miners. Um, I'm just like, when I think about it in terms of like what other movies were out at the time, it's like, if I'm watching There Will Be Blood, it's like when this movie came out, I looked like Quinn Shepard. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I looked because she's the same age as us. Yeah, yeah, she's a good um, focal point because like we're, yeah. like, and that's another good thing about this movie is that I like that um, the kids are all kind of like different ages or like at least like you know there's the yeah. older kids, the younger kids, like yeah. the middle kids. Like I like that there's like there's a kid for every kid that goes to see this movie, they will be represented in some way. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I, I do kind of like that about this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, another very zillennial thing is like the main girl, uh, Grace, is that uh, uh, that entire like trope of like she doesn't. Yeah, she thinks that like the most damning thing about her is that like she wears glasses and that makes her a dork. Yeah. Just for like to have that moment in it when uh, the main kid can say to her, "You are not a dork." Um, yeah. Or like, I actually like when girls wear glasses. <laughs> Yeah, like, dude, glasses are hot. Okay, they're awesome. They're cool. Um, signed by a glasses is amazing. <laughs> dude, I fucking love being blind. Um, yeah, my friend was like talking to me tonight because we were having a conversation about glasses, and I was like, I've never worn contacts, and he's yeah. like, You've never worn contacts? I'm like, I've never even tried contacts. Fuck contacts. I'm gonna be a yeah. glasses wearer till I die. Yeah, um, yeah, all the way. I'm gonna be buried in my glasses. You know, I told myself because I was trying to convince myself to get contacts, but I'm like terrified of them. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna get contacts before I see Avatar: Way of Water, so my mm-hmm. viewing experience isn't affected by like fogging up like the glasses, like like mm-hmm. double like glasses and stuff like that. But like honestly. <laughs> really doesn't make that big of a difference like i can't imagine it does i'm i'm usually fine with 3d movies just like putting them over my regular glasses because they kind of like if it's real d 3d they're like tiny those glasses are like kind of tinier now than they used to be and they just kind of like slip over your lens like they're yeah fine and if it's dolby 3d or like imax 3d you may have like Honestly, they just kind of cover them. They like they might be bigger than them, and that's fine too. Yeah, like I've never really had an issue. Yeah, when I went to the Avatar re-release, um, I was fine. And I'm also, like, I've made it this far into COVID, like, wearing a mask with glasses and, like, not losing my fucking mind. I mean, like, you know, losing my fucking mind in the context of, like, my mask fogging up my glasses, so. Yeah, that only happened to me when I didn't have, like, a nose guard. Like, this was, like, early COVID days, like. yeah. Before, like, I knew, like, why a nose, uh, nose guard was important. Um, uh, I forgot. Maybe it's, like, when I was seeing Tenet or something. But, like, I was, like, I was so frustrated. And, like, mm-hmm. I remember, I, like, I felt, like, so bad because I put it, like, under my nose. But I was also, like, mm-hmm. the only person in, like, my... I was, like, the only person three rows above or behind me. So, like, mm-hmm. I knew I was fine. But I still mm-hmm. felt, like guilty i was like oh no like i was like am i doing something wrong right now <laughs> but like i literally like it kept like the entire opening of tenet or like the trailers i was like mm-hmm. fogging out my glasses mm-hmm. um but it was 
yeah, I, but still, like, with contacts, no, I, I'm never doing it. Um, yeah. The only, no, I, no, that's not even, I was going to say, like, for maybe Mission Impossible, but no, I, I would not. No. Glasses off. This unaccompanied minors is funded by Big Contact. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think this movie disputes that. I can tell you that, uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Because um, they become pro-glasses at the end. Uh, yeah. which I and also like the whole thing with like the Hummer. So <laughs> yeah. like there's like a dad who's like environmentally conscious and yeah. it's like a point of comedy that he like has to like drive a Hummer like yeah. across the country to go pick up his kids because like his car breaks down. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like I just it's very funny to me how like being environmentally conscious similar to like being like a vegetarian or whatever is always like a comedic thing in like 2000s movies yeah um honestly like i kind of miss that era where like we would like make fun of shit libs um for being because this guy's like stupid like he's like there's like being environmentally conscious and then it's like driving a vegetable oil car to like halfway across like whatever in the like, a well, blizzard. it's like silly in that it's like not like a hybrid car. Like it's literally run on like vegetable yeah. oil. Like it's so fun, and he's like dumb enough to like put the fucking like gas in his. He puts seat. diesel in it. Yeah. Okay, he puts that was diesel a. In it. I remember when I saw this with my older brother. He laughed once the entire movie, and I remember, and I remember him that. like he laughed. Yeah, he laughed when he uh, Rob Cordrigo's. Uh, what could a gallon of diesel do? And then he's like, ha! <laughs> That's a very brother thing to laugh at. Um, but yeah, he... Uh, I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of a funny... like it, That side quest played better on like a rewatch than I remember it playing mm-hmm. as a kid. Cause I, but then again, that's probably because I was a kid watching this movie. I'm like, get back to the kids. But like <laughs> watching it now, I'm like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> When you were a child, were you like an old timey like heckler at like a comedy show? Yeah, I was like Waldorf and Statler, like yeah, as my yeah. unaccompanied minor showing. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was. Honest. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, get back to the kids. I don't care. Like, I, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I uh, in a voice that has been like smoking five packs of cigarettes a day for like fifty <laughs> years. <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, although I will say other, like, there's a lot of movies like this or like in that genre where it does, they do like pay way too much attention to the adults. Yeah. This movie, I think, does, upon rewatch, have like a very good, like, focus on the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything that like happens in the story is like in service to the kids' story. Um, and all the adults in the movie, it's funny because like all the adults are like portrayed as fucking idiots and the kids yeah. are like portrayed as like, not exactly like geniuses, but like baby geniuses. Baby geniuses. I'm never covering that. Movie. I like I hate that. <laughs> Cats and dogs. Um. <laughs> uh. But I mean, because even fucking Lewis Black is like, who trained you kids? The Navy SEALs. Um. I mean, but, like valid. Like um, they're kind of like going insane. Like. Yeah, and, like, I mean, you wouldn't have a movie like this if, like, Lewis Black's character didn't get, like, kicked in the nuts at one point, you know? 
Um, I, I will say the only like, because earlier I was saying like, there's nothing really in this movie that's like out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I think rivals that is the the sledding scene, which yeah. is like insane and like very dated. Um, especially now, like with all the green screen and stuff. Yeah. But because uh, <laughs> I forgot, what did the kids go down? Uh, is it like a um? It's like a. Is it a bed? No, like, it's like a long like canoe. Canoe, right? They have the canoe. Someone else has the bed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one of. I can't remember what everyone has. One of them has like a kayak. A kayak, right? Go one um, person. I think that's Lewis Black. That's yeah, Because yeah. he goes flying. I remember. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was watching that in theaters for the first time, I literally thought he died. And it looked like, like he died. <laughs> well, he goes like he literally flies into the abyss of like pitch yeah. blackness. Yeah. Uh, which honestly, again, there's so many like jokes in this movie that like upon rewatch, I'm like, that's actually funny. Like that's <laughs> um, and that's like one of the bits where I forgot what he, what he says. Like he's like flying midair and then he goes, well, that sucks or something. And then like he just like flies into like a pitch black void like it's funny i don't know um uh another part of like the law or like the the cabin storyline uh fucking what's her name uh from arrested development um jessica walter Uh uh-huh just like as a flight attendant for no reason like yeah (laughs) And then there's, like, a, like there's always, like, a weird little girl that, like, b- breathes through her mouth. <laughs> yeah, has braces always. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, like, funny because she's also the character that's always, like, trusted by the adults. And then the second the adults leave, she's like, okay, now listen. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to listen to me, and you're going to obey my every order, and you're not going to screw this up for me because I'm going to pay 20 bucks. And, like, that's, like, so fucking Zillennial. Like, mm-hmm. that is so supremely Zillennial. Um, yeah. I'm looking at the cast list. I do not remember. Okay, I was, like, I was about to say, I was Kristen Wiig in this movie. I did not remember is her in this movie. Is she just a voice? No, she plays Chris, or, uh, Quinn Shepard's mom. Oh. At the, it's in the one scene where she takes her to see the mall Santa. Oh. And she's telling her to, like, go um, sit on his lap. That's her. Uh, I did like look for a screenshot of it. I did not click that that was Kristen uh, Wiig, and I was like watching the movie. Um, granted, again, like that was what fifteen years ago at this point. So yeah, whatever. But yeah, I did not even register that. Um, another line that made me laugh in this movie. I don't remember exactly when it came on. Oh no, yeah, it was like when the mom is calling Rob Corddry in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and you see a shot of like Al Roker on the TV, and he's mm-hmm. like, "There's no blizzard outside." He's like, "Oh wait, there's a blizzard outside." No, honey, I don't think Al Roker would lie to me. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, that uh, I'm again just going down the cast list. Tony Hale at the end for no fucking reason. Yeah, for some reason I like, I obviously like I know who Tony Hale is like. But mm-hmm. for some reason, I my first reaction to it was like, oh, that guy from Succession. Succession? Jeremy Strong. Oh, you thought? Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't. Like, I know who Tony Hale is. But for some reason, my, like, pea brain was like, ah, the rules from uh, Serenity. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. There's another like guy. the same, like, genre of person. It's just that, like, Tony Hale's eyes are bigger. Like... <laughs> There's another person in this movie. I forgot. Um, uh, Wilmer Valderrama. Yeah. Um, who's kind of like again the same thing with like all these movies. If there's, there's like always a, like one employee that like advocates for the kids. He's like a literally or like a, one like adult. He's like a labor union guy, but like for these fucking kids, like he's like maybe we should get them some like coffee or like we should get them some food. Like <laughs> he's so funny. Um, I remember liking this guy in that 70s show back in the day because that that if you want to talk about a show that i fucking frequented uh back when i was a kid like i used to love uh that show um and i remember i think i was watching it like around the time this movie came out so i was like oh it's cool it's uh it's uh what's his name in that 70s show it's fez yeah i was like oh shit it's fez i thought that was cool and he's funny in this movie i like him I like his character. I think it's a very easy role to play, but I think he does it well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like that's always a, uh, that's a character that's like always in these movies and there's no other way to do it. Cause you have to have one good adult, <laughs> um, yeah. especially one that like works for the big boss and then it's going to like stand up to him. Yeah. Especially like if it's about Christmas, about like the Christmas spirit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for standing up for our rights. Hundred percent right. He's awesome. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the finale was a little bit. Um. I mean, it goes exactly where you think it's gonna go. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Where um, else would it go? Yeah, I mean, there's really nowhere to go with this except yeah. for like having it the kids need to go home <laughs> well the kids get to go well i mean before that though like with the um like the giving the presents to all the like um mm-hmm. people who are stuck at the airport um which i'm like a little i mean it's whatever it's a movie i get it but like the idea that these kids their grand plan was to like make christmas special for everyone that like a overlay is like it's nice and i like the movie ended that way but the kids in real life would not like they that would be the last thing on their mind of Mm -hmm. like giving all these adults presents um but i think it's nice i i think it's a nice ending um because like you know that's how tony hill comes in he gets a fucking basketball yeah um my first thought when the scene started was like when they were like ringing the bells at like 7 a.m I was like, I'd be, so I, I be so fucking mad. I would have been like, dude, shut the fuck up. And then like Quinn <laughs> Shepard would be like, don't you want your present? I'm like, no, I want to go back to sleep. Like, <laughs> The funniest thing is like, and like, obviously maybe this sounds like really materialistic is like, they were giving out like a doll, a basketball. And it's like, yeah. Clearly, the stuff in that like lost luggage area, like there was like designer goods there. Yeah, like they were pulling stuff out of there that was valuable. Yeah, yeah, Those and then, kept all that shit for themselves. Just like fucking Fred Claus with like the hula hoop and basketball bullshit. I'm like, fuck you guys. <laughs> like, I'm like, if I wake up to it, a it fucking like every every girl gets a hula hoop, every boy gets a basketball or something. 
Yeah, so fucking stupid. Like I said, it's a um, hula hoop daughter or a uh, baseball bat son. Oh, baseball um, bat, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's so dumb. Um, <laughs> God, that pissed me off so much upon rewatch. Um, but no, I like. I think this is like nicer because again, it's like that's like fucking Santa pulling that bullshit. These are like kids mm-hmm. on a whim, so it's a little more digestible. But like, yeah. fuck if you if you wake me up at seven a.m. to give me a fucking basketball, I'm gonna throw it at your head. Yeah, like I'm, I'm like I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna be happy about that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Any, I mean, any other thoughts on this movie, like generally? Uh, one note that I have is in the opening scene, like the rich girl, um, Grace is her name. Yeah. Um, she name drops a very zillennial thing, which is like a soy half calf, uh, mochaccino. Like she like says that. I feel like mm-hmm. that is always in zillennial movies. Is like making up names for like a fake coffee drink. Yes, very zillennial. Um, um, yeah, the rise of Starbucks in that time people being like an eight dollar coffee and it's like okay that's overreacting and then i go and like actually order something at starbucks and it's like seven dollars yeah every time i think those jokes <laughs> are like cringe you actually like go to like yeah order something and you're like maybe they're valid yeah um, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I, then um, it's like i was a barista and i understand why those drinks are so expensive no like i get it but it's like i don't know um half half soy mochaccino it's like the it's a time in history where it was like the rise in starbucks before the rise of almond milk uh, i don't know what the fuck they're like but um (laughs) i like it's like soy milk instead of like almond milk sure yeah okay i believe you like nobody Um, drinks nobody has soy milk anymore that's like not a thing that's like something that like people would be made fun of in zillennial movies. I mean, soy boy is still like a insult. Uh, I for guess. Like... Yeah. No, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, clearly, it was yeah. a term of like, yeah, insult back in the day. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think her character is kind of funny in that way, where it's I I was so prepared for like that character to not work for me on a rewatch because like every time they revealed something. About, yeah. like, the glasses or, like, the, you know, like, her sitting on Santa's lap at the beginning or, like, all these things. I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. But then I think it actually hits the perfect note at the end where she, like, reveals that, like... Because, like, Quinn Shepard's character is, like, making fun of her for it for so often. Mm-hmm. And then at the end she's like, you know, my parents don't really, like, like me. And, mm-hmm. like, I have to, like, spend it alone. And, like, it does a good job of, like it's always hard to like feel sad for like rich people in movies but i think this movie does like a good job of like saying like oh she's like literally like just a kid and like she Mm -hmm. is like lonely and there's like a reason why she fronts so much because she like just has nothing else to do and i i think it actually like kind of does that very late in the game and usually i'd be annoyed by a movie like pulling up that card that late but i think the movie actually pulls that off yeah Uh, yeah, I, I don't it know. Kinda, I like... Yeah, it kind of like adds layers to the character. Mm-hmm. Um, that she's like performing what she thinks being an adult is. Yeah. 
and acting like she is not a child. And it's nice, too, because you said that, like, it's kids of all different ages. I think another level to that is, like, they all kind of look like kids. Like, they don't look like adults playing kids. Yeah, I I mean, I think everyone, I think maybe the oldest was probably, like, 16 or 15 upon shooting. Yeah, Um, yeah. Because they all do, yeah, you're right. They all look, like, young. Um, And I I do admire that a lot about this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's so easy for, like... I mean, even the Twilight movies are very, like, dated in that way. Where, like, mm-hmm. none of them, they, they all look like they're, like, mid-20s. Like, yeah. they look like us, you know? I mean, yeah. not literally, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> um, But, you know, I I do like that about this movie. And I like that all the kids are singularly charming in their own way. They're, like, not just, like, charming as a group. Like, I like mm-hmm. each individual kid in this movie. I'm, yeah. like... I like, but even more, I like them together. Like, that's what makes it work is that, like, when they come together and they're, like, you know, they're, they're, they're like, foiling their the airport's plans and, like, getting to the lodge on time. Like, it's all, like, charming because you're, like, rude for these kids. And it, it yeah. seems like such a low bar, but you know what? Fuck. After watching so many of these, like, movies like this on the pod and, like, having them suck ass... God damn it. It's good to see a good one. Like I'm I'm sorry. Like I like <laughs> I like these tropes and I'm tired of seeing them done badly. And I like this movie. Like I think it's really fun and um I have really good memories with it. Um I like, you know, I like her going home with Spencer at the end to spend Christmas with the, uh, them and the dad. Um mm-hmm. I like that Beef is the one to bring the Christmas tree to the airport. Yeah, that's very sweet. Um I like, uh, what do you call it? Of course, there's a bit where Quinn Shepard's character, like the the more like moody girl of the group, kisses the nerdy kid on the cheek. Like, yeah. Of course, you know, like all these things are expected. Like these are all. Trained. When we know that deep down she is gay. <laughs> yes, yes. But then he's the kind of guy that's like cool with it. Like when they get older, he's like, yeah, that's fine. Like, <laughs> like, he's like yeah like even though you're my girlfriend it's cool i mean it's and... it's nerdy guy and his lesbian girlfriend like it's awesome um True. Yeah. yeah um At, like, i of, like 12 well yeah like just in a sincere yeah. way it's like he's accepting yeah. uh because of course he's yeah. too busy on what his fucking uh cassette collection or some shit yeah, yeah, he's on his grind set. Okay, he's he, he's about a what, what what city is he from again? In the movie, he's from. Uh, uh, I think he said he's from like Massachusetts or something. He has like because, the biggest cassette collection there. Yeah, like the biggest collection in the state or something. Yeah, it, like that's why I like that moment at the end because it's like he it's like clearly like, just a term of like endearment, but like mm-hmm. you know it's like he's just like a fucking dork and he's gonna like go back and like. He'll probably like write back to his cassette tapes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's where his heart truly is. Yeah. Um, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I like and I like to think that all these characters like stay in contact after the movies. Yeah. Movies. Like it's like mm-hmm. it's nice. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't honestly, I mean, yeah, you could like nitpick this movie if you wanted to. Like it's goofy, it's silly, it's it's whatever. You know, yeah. all these things are true. Um, but I think it, it just works. It's just a movie that for all of the tropes and all everything that's familiar about it, 
I don't know. It's just a movie that entertained me as a kid. And upon rewatching it, it's one of those pleasant surprises where I still like it a lot. And I yeah. think it's just a fun movie. I I don't know if I would show this to a I guess I could like I I'd have no issue showing it to like my kids in the future, but like I wonder how much a kid today would like it. Yeah. Because it is like a little I was bit dated. The same, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like this would be like a failed attempt of a movie to show to my kids. Because I feel my like my kids can't listen to this rock and roll music that's in this movie. It would like radicalize. Highly them. inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Imagine like Bing Crosby sitting down and hearing. Christmas music these days. (laughs) A Victorian child sitting and watching unaccompanied minors. Yeah, if you showed a Victorian child unaccompanied minors, they would die instantly. Um, Yeah. Uh, What is this rubbish? Sean and I were talking the other day, like, what if Walt Disney was just, like, put on, like, Cosmic Rewind? He would just die. (laughs) Imagine putting, um... You know what Screen X is? Yes. Um, imagine Walt Disney watching Strange World and sh- Screen X. That's the one where it's on like three walls, right? Yeah. I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. And there's only one like in the city that I know of. There's none out here. Um, and the only like promo picture i've ever seen for it is like the nun like when the nun was coming out that's like the only promo image that they ever use for that theater yeah i um i always thought it looked stupid um victoria saw top gun in that format like on a second viewing i think uh and she said it was actually kind of cool but she like i think she said she didn't know she actually liked the format or yeah. if, like, Top Gun was just cool with it. Yeah, Which is how true. I felt about 4D. Because I saw Top Gun in 4D. And I thought uh-huh. that was, like, genuinely The first incredible. one or Maverick? Maverick, sorry. Um, yeah, Maverick, I saw that in 4DX. And it was fucking awesome. Like, I, it was so immersive. And so, like, it just really, like, puts you in the cockpit. Like, not to sound mm-hmm. cheesy. But, like, it really, like... You feel like you're flying that fucking plane when you're in that theater. Um, mm-hmm. And... It was great, but when I saw Spider-Man No Way Home, it wasn't, like, bad, but I just was, like, I'm exhausted by this. Like, this is, like, (laughs) by the time, like, Green Goblin is, like, fighting Tom Holland, I was, like, it really does feel like you're getting your ass kicked, too. Like, it, like, literally feels like Wobbed Up. I was, like, beating the shit out of you. And I'm, like, (laughs) I was, like, I'm here at, like, a 12 p.m. showing. I am not here to get my ass kicked by a geriatric right now. Um... (laughs) Um, but, a few years ago, they used to do Gremlins in 4DX, like around Christmas every year. They um they had it. They didn't have it for Christmas this year here, but they had it for Halloween. Um, oh really? This year at my Regal, yeah. Um, uh, they didn't have yeah, it. I was pretty tempted to go because I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I've I never done 4DX. Um, I if you do it for anything, I'd recommend something like Avatar. Or like, like, like on if you do, viewing. yeah, of course, yeah. I don't think I could ever yeah. watch a movie on a first viewing in 40. Yeah, like, cause um, I, again, I Top Gun was great, but like, it is just a little bit distracting sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes it's know. cool. Like, it, it is cool to be distracted by cool things, but like, I do like upon re like upon like a first viewing of anything, I want to like try to like just watch it for the story and yeah. everything first. Um. 
but yeah, let's watch Unaccompanied Minors in 40X. I'll rent out yeah. a private theater for Christmas. It's just like the seat just like kicks you in the balls for two hours. Like <laughs> you can smell like, like the in a, like in like it's tough to be a bug like when it like pokes Dude, you yeah. in the ass or whatever. Did you ever go on a Honey uh, I Shrunk the Audience when that was open? No. That shit was like fucking crazy, dude. Because like that one. you would feel like um, because like there's a bit where the snakes get let out to the audience, uh-huh. and you could feel like snakes go between your legs, but it's really just like that like hissing thing like hitting your legs. Yeah. And they like it makes like a rattling like kind of feel. Um, uh, that and like when the dog licks or like a dog sneezes in 3D and then like it blows out like water at you. Mm-hmm. Um. What I'm saying is, I wanted to see every 40 movie in the Honey, I Shrunk the Audience auditorium. Yeah. Uh, whatever that is at Epcot now, I don't know. But get rid of it. Put back Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want to see Avatar The Way of Water, and it's a tough to be a bug theater. <laughs> That's what I want They're see. actually doing uh, Avatar projections on the tree, so it's kind of like... That's fucking awesome. And it's tough to be a bug is inside the tree <laughs> that's the, so you're kind of getting cameron, away james cameron i need you to do it for me buddy just this once do, do <laughs> put it, it in the top to be a bug there i i need flick to even come out and introduce from the ceiling like he does yeah. uh i need to, him to introduce avatar the way of water for me <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be this podcast if we didn't talk about theme parks at the very end or avatar can you or believe a- that when this episode is out Avatar Way of Water will be out. Um, I do very quickly want to tell the story about tonight. <laughs> um, so I was um, supposed to uh, go see Avatar The Way of Water tonight. And I, I got I like I was going to a press screening in Dolby 3D. I was ready to go. And I told Kira, I'm like, hey, bestie, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be home late because, you know, I'm going to Pandora, baby, you know. Um, and then I got to the theater and they were like, we're having projection issues. I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> um, and I bought pop- like I did a mobile order for popcorn and a drink. So I spent like 16 bucks because I was so fucking hyped. Um, and then the movie never played like they never fixed it. Uh, I'm going back tomorrow because we're recording this on Monday the 12th. Uh, I'm going back the 13th to hopefully see it tomorrow. Knock on wood. Uh, but yeah, it was funny. I I literally thought I was going to have to um, t- see Avatar, then come home and talk about Uncompanied Minors. Nope. Didn't see Avatar. Just talking about Uncompanied Minors tonight. And then uh, I, on the other hand, was like, oh, shit, so I don't have three hours and ten minutes to watch this movie now? I Well, I... I <laughs> Well, we still recorded about the same time. Like, I would have done. I know. Yeah. But, um, no, it's funny. Yeah. I, uh, so, I mean, I, I was going to say, you know, sending out good vibes for me tomorrow, but I guess this episode's dropping after the movie comes out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're gonna, we'll all have been to Pandora by the time this comes out. Um, yeah. Praise Awa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else? I don't think there's anything else. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Um, well, you guys can find me at a sharper image in the airport at a OIA. 
and also <laughs> uh, riding that cool little tram thing that they have there. What's um, OIA? Orlando International Airport. It's MCO, buddy. MCO. That's Orlando's uh, airport. What, what does MCO stand for? I don't know, but that's the name of the airport. Dude, I call it's it OIA. It's not OIA. It's Dude, MCO. like literally. Okay, I don't need a fucking foreign like New Yorker telling me. MCO Airport. Dude, if you search OIA, guess what comes up? What? Orlando International Airport. And why is it called MCO? I don't know, but I don't need a New Yorker lecturing me about what it's called. Actually, when I look up OIA, it's Oya, Greece. Dude, when you actually search it, it will... When you actually search it, it comes up as OIA. In Santorini. Dude, I don't need this from you, okay? I'm going to call it OIA, because guess what it's called? It's called Orlando International Airport. MCO. What is MC? Tell me what MCO stands for, and I'll concede. I don't fucking know. Then it's, it's not MCO. called MCO. I'm not calling it MCO. Okay. You can't tell me. Okay. Hold, <laughs> Hold on. No, Orlando no, not... International Airport could run out of fuel on Sunday. Uh... Uh, are we having some unaccompanied minors? Um, <laughs> dude, I managed care. Wait, no. I'm trying to find out. Okay. Well, they just opened up a wine bar, George, in the Orlando airport. Okay, it's called the McCoy Air Force. Um, so I don't know what that... I don't know how that translates to MCO, but whatever. I'm not calling it MCO. Everyone here in Orlando calls it OIA. That's what I'm going to call it, too. Um, okay. So, yeah. I'm standing up for OIA rights on the pod. Uh, and you guys can follow me at OIA and also on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler on, uh, yeah, on Twitter and my other podcast, Rest of the OK, which I host with Joey. We're going to have an Avatar episode. You already know, baby. You, you already know we're going to be talking about Pandora on Wednesday night. Um, we're going to have a fuck. He wants to have a three hour movie. Let's do a six hour pod. We're going to do it yeah. frame by frame breakdown. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at garlic emoji. Um, I'm heading to Pandora this coming weekend. So uh, safe travels to Pandora, everybody, as you embark on your journeys. Uh, and uh, follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Canon, on Instagram at the Zillennial Canon. Um, mm-hmm. Give us some ratings and some reviews. And I am looking forward to uh, to wrapping up our Christmas Christmas month. Oh, I guess next week's the big week, huh? Yeah. Fuck. Well, be big week. A lot of preparation for next week. I don't even know how I'm gonna do it. I I, I will do it, yeah. but I don't know how I'm gonna. We do gotta. It. We gotta. Even if we like skim through, like we we gotta. Yeah, we'll do it for you guys. Don't worry. And you guys are probably yeah. wondering, well, what is next week? Get a stay I feel tuned like, to find out. Yeah. Yeah. We've been <laughs> dropping hints. But it's yeah. a it's a big episode if you catch my drift. Yeah. All right. Bye guys. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs> what? You said yeah, okay. Bye guys. <laughs> <laughs> I never mean it like that.